I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. And uh, the subject today is, uh, is 1969, or a very specific date and a starting point in 1969, where, of course, uh, so many things happened that year. The moon landing and uh, Woodstock and uh, the Manson killings and so many other uh, situations happened. One thing that happened, it was a, a you know, groundbreaking uh, event, but really goes under the radar screen, it was on November 10th, 1969, Sesame Street appeared for the first time, and it was a PBS show that, as of 2018, has won 189 Emmy Awards. And if you, uh, if you think of that, that's, uh, that's a tremendous number. It's more than any other television program uh, in the history of American television. And uh, the year after it first appeared in 1970, uh, it won 20 awards, including a Peabody, three Emmys, and a Clio. And the, the audience was tremendous right off the bat. Uh, 3.3 Nielsen uh, rating, and uh, it was uh, 1.9 million people, um, households, I should say, uh, were uh, were tuned in to Sesame Street, the show that uh, changed, uh, dramatically changed how we see education, and Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette were the creators of it. And again, November 10th, 1969, my very special guest today to just give an opinion on on what Sesame Street meant, what it was, uh, what the reception was Uh, back then. uh, She's an educator, longtime educator, and she's the author of 15 books. She is uh, the subject of a documentary, the subject of a long radio series, and the host of the Florence Weinberg Show. Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our very special guest today. Doc, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Frank. Well, I mentioned November 10th, 1969. Uh, do you remember hearing about the, the onset of Sesame Street. Now, again, you were teaching higher education, but I, I, I've got to believe that this is something that, that came across your um, your circle of friends, uh, the, the subject of Sesame Street. Yes, absolutely. I had uh, many friends who had children, colleagues. I was teaching at St. John Fisher College at the time in Rochester, New York, and um, they were they were very they were fascinated they were very interested in uh, in this type of uh, new type of education that would attract the little ones the uh, the preschool children who were fascinated with the characters and and their personalities and all of that and and. Uh, they would sit spellbound, and of course, while they were watching the characters and loving them, they were also learning. They were learning how to count. They were learning numbers, of course, there, thereby, and they were learning letters. So they were beginning to uh, understand what is involved in reading, and all of this was was 
introduced into their minds uh, very slyly by the very characters who were acting acting out stories and quarreling among themselves and behaving the way children behave among themselves really yeah uh, amazing i was yeah i was fascinated and uh, and delighted actually with the whole idea yeah it, it one of the one of the things that uh, that we haven't touched on yet is that there was controversy involved in it. And again, let me remind folks, if you're just tuning in late or you're turning on your radio a little late, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our very special guest, longtime educator and author, Frank McKay here with Dr. Weinberg. Uh, the The controversy was, uh, it was really coming from the, the South. For example, the state of Mississippi, uh, the PBS affiliates did not air it, and uh, that was uh, unique in a sense because Jim Henson, who brought the Muppets to the uh, the cast of of uh, Sesame Street, and he was uh, he was born and raised in Mississippi, and the excuse given was that it was a highly integrated cast of children. Now, uh, the, the, uh, I guess the interpretation of that is that uh, uh, there were black people and there were brown faces on the TV screen and the, the parents and the bigoted uh, folks in, in the Deep South did not want their, uh, their children uh, being, uh, being integrated, uh, even if it had to do with the television set and the urban setting uh, disturbed the, the folks um, a- along racial lines uh, tremendously. Do you, do you remember hearing anything about that when it first began? Yes, I do remember it being reported and being angry, <laughs> angry that the children couldn't e- weren't even allowed to see that there were uh, children of different colors in this world who were being taught the same things that the white people were. In other words, they were being treated as equals um, on the show. But uh, but Mississippi couldn't stand that idea that a black person was the equal of a white one, not even at the level of, of uh, kindergarten. It made me very angry, I must say. Yeah. I'm not from the South. I'm from New Mexico originally. And, of course, we had have a lot of brown people in New Mexico, and I was I went to school with them. I thought, thought they were superior to me in, uh, in this way, that they knew two languages, and they could talk about me to my face, and I wouldn't know what they were saying. And so I, my ambition was to learn Spanish at that age. And so uh, I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't accept that Mississippi was barring the showing of uh, Sesame Street because of the color bar. Uh, Dr. Weinberg, you you lived for a while, and correct me if I'm wrong, you lived for a while in Arkansas, did you not? Yes. Yeah, and could could you see this being troubling to some of the folks that you either grew up with or the, the, the family? members of uh, the, or the parents, I should say, uh, of the children, some of the children that you went to school with that brief time you spent in Arkansas? Uh, yes, uh, in retrospect. While I was there, I was there from age 12 to 16. Uh, 
uh, I went through high school at Viola High School in Viola, Arkansas, which is in the Ozarks. And the there was a sign at uh, the entrance to the little town of Viola which said, Black man, don't let the sun set on you here. Which meant... <laughs> that no black person could stay in the town beyond daylight, during which time they were expected to do manual labor, of course. But there were no black people there. And so, apart from the sign, uh, I didn't see any black people during my four years of high school. And so the problem did not become live for me. But later on, of course, during college and so forth, there were black people uh, sitting next to me in uh, in my college classes, and that did not bother me because I had not seen a black person until I was at least 12. Uh, so I had no prejudices about that. But... Um, if if you if I had gone further south in Arkansas, not only would there be such signs at the entrance of towns, there would also be uh, plenty of prejudice to be observed every day when black people were refused uh, the privilege of sitting at the uh, uh, counter to uh, have a uh, banana split sundae and that sort of thing. Yet they uh, were not allowed to to sit anywhere near the whites, nor drink out of the same fountain, and or use the same entrances or the same bathroom, etc. And uh, I simply didn't see it. That's it. Not that it did not exist in Arkansas. It certainly did in the south of Arkansas. Yeah, you know, when people uh, that uh, are roughly my age, I'm a, a few years younger than you, I'm, I'm 54, and, uh, you know, people at my age, I was two when the this groundbreaking show and Sesame Street came on, uh, but many friends of mine have told me that the first time they ever saw someone that uh, was African-American was on Sesame Street, and that was at a... Uh, that was uh, at a young age. I grew up in a in a town in a school that was uh, th- that was uh, you know integrated, of course, you know here in, in Long Island where I'm from, and I grew up. And uh, but I just found it interesting that uh, that certain people in uh, like lily white areas, the first time they were introduced to an African American uh, child was uh, was through Sesame Street. So maybe. The, the folks, I mean, highly bigoted uh, folks of the Deep South that were against this show, uh, maybe they were on to something. They realized that the, uh, and, and again, in quotes, highly integrated cast of children um, it was the reason why Mississippi PBS uh, refused to air uh, Sesame Street. Maybe they felt that this was their way around uh, segregation. That this was uh, this uh, this was eliminating the idea of of what uh, many of them ultimately wanted, and that was to have all white faces in the education of their children, which of course is would be unheard of 
um, nowadays, uh, or at least publicly, somebody could never say something like that. But the reality was on November 10th, 1969, when this show, this groundbreaking show, Sesame Street, first aired, uh, it was a reality. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, uh, educator, longtime educator and author, Dr. Florence Weinberg is our very special guest. Uh, listen to her show, the Florence Weinberg Show, and 124 different outlets, and, and get her books. Her latest is Before the Alamo, and uh, just a, a wonderful historic novel. Uh, Doc, uh, getting getting back to this, uh, you know, it seems so foreign now. It seems so shocking now to yes. to people. Uh, my children's age, I have uh, my my oldest is 29 and my youngest is 18. Uh, when I tell them this, uh, you know, this this simple fact about Sesame Street, uh, it's almost unbelievable to them that in my lifetime this could have happened. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, certainly in mine. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. They... Uh, the people who were controlling TV in Mississippi at that time <clears throat> could see how subtly and how efficiently the uh, the program was introducing the idea that all people, all human beings, are equal, no matter what the color of their skin, because here were these kids getting along together and reacting to the characters in the show, uh, Big Bird and, and so on, uh, in the same way. And uh, so they were behaving the same, therefore they must be equal. And so it was a very subtle way of introducing, uh, or rather combating, uh, the Jim Crow, the entire Jim Crow system. And so it couldn't be allowed in Mississippi, obviously, because Mississippi was dedicated heart and soul to maintaining uh, the myth that black people are inferior, they're just barely above the apes, and so forth and so on. Uh, so uh, since it was uh, subtly, subtly changing the children's minds, and in fact, we see today that it has changed their minds almost completely, uh, they, they couldn't tolerate it. They had to eliminate it, and they did for a while. Uh, we saw, uh, or, you know, I just mentioned the awards, the 189 Emmy Awards that Sesame Street has uh, had achieved as of 2018 and you know obviously it's uh, it's it's been a groundbreaking show I think it was time magazine who who uh, brought up the question they posed the question that either sesame street will be responsible for creating the uh, most educated uh, uh, educated generation of all time, helped uh, create the most educated generation of all time, or uh, they helped uh, create uh, attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I guess, and, and uh, it, it's actually I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the the question that was brought up, and it was brought up on their 50th anniversary, which was uh, 2019. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, on the the controversy, or if there was any controversy? at that time that somehow or another this wasn't a proper way to learn uh, or to be educated? Uh, 
Yes, I I also remember that. Uh, but uh, I think the evidence is that the children were actually learning, uh, and those who watched Sesame Street had a much easier time act really learning to read when it started at school proper uh, than the kids who had not had that privilege. Uh, as for attention deficit disorder, I think many things in modern life uh, are uh, promoters of attention deficit uh, problems. And uh, I don't think Sesame Street was uh, was the culprit there. Uh, <laughs> because the, uh, the results were so positive and the kids actually were learning. So uh, I think they paid attention, and they paid attention longer because they were interested in the characters who were acting, acting out various scenes that were educational. Now, uh, as of 2000, as of the year 2000, there were well over 1,000 research studies regarding Sesame Street and the impact that it had on American culture, on education, and as you said, I, the evidence certainly is there, and it's uh, it's considered a landmark event in mm-hmm. in education and certainly in uh, in in pop culture history uh, without question. But uh, so many children learned to count before they got to kindergarten, or you know now what we would know as pre-K, uh, but right. didn't exist back then. That Sesame Street uh, learned to count, learned to uh, to know their alphabet and again let me just remind folks we got a couple moments left with dr florence weinberg uh, she is the host of the dr florence weinberg show you can hear her on 124 different outlets around the country and she's the author of 15 books longtime educator uh, dr florence by weinberg uh, doc when you look at the uh, evidence when you look at the the proof that uh, that sesame uh, street, uh, the research uh, that, that that has uh, been done and, and the subject of, of Sesame Street has been there. It's very hard to argue that it wasn't a massive success here 50 some odd years later. Um, in, in your mind, could you, uh, could you possibly find any flaw in the, uh, in the philosophy of doing a program like this starting uh, November 10th, 1969? No. In brief, I don't see any flaw in it. And in fact, the the Jesuits in the 17th century in France uh, created plays for their children. They they were educators as well as missionaries, those Jesuits, before before they were kicked out of the church for 40 years uh, because they were so successful. And uh, they modified the entire uh, uh, atmosphere around education. Uh, Instead of beating the children when they didn't learn, uh, they used plays uh, in which the kids themselves acted, actually. Uh, And that taught them about history and taught them to read and and to uh, use numbers and, and all sorts of things. And so this idea is not brand new. It uh, it existed a long time ago. And so many uh, plays that we still read, if we study French literature of that period, uh, were uh, created by Jesuits. 
uh, the Jesuit fathers who were also teaching at all levels, by the way. Uh, so uh, if they thought it was good, and they were right because they educated those people very efficiently, uh, I think Sesame Street was um, was equally right and uh, knew how to approach kids and how to fascinate them, and it has done its job. So I see no flaw in in the idea. On the contrary, I think it has been extremely successful, as all the prizes uh, indicate. Uh, and uh, I, I wish it a long life in the future. Dr. Florence Weinberg, congratulations on all of your success. Your latest book is is absolutely wonderful, Before the Alamo. And uh, to go along with the 14 other books that you've uh, that you've written on on different subjects, and your career has just been uh, absolutely wonderful, and uh, and also a, a belated happy 88th birthday to you, Doc. And thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Frank. I've enjoyed it. Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg has been our very special guest. Uh, obviously, we would need a lot more time to discuss. Sesame Street in uh, in in a th- any thorough way, but again, uh, a show created by Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette uh, as of November tenth, nineteen sixty nine. It uh, it broke ground and continued to make uh, you know a, a major impact. And uh, again, so much has to has been said about the show and the in the format and shows that took off from Sesame Street and different learning methods. Uh, but again, we need a lot more time for that. As I said, as of 2018, 189 Emmys have been earned by this groundbreaking show. And uh, Frank McKay signing off, our very special guest, has been educator and author, uh, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Her latest book is Before the Alamo. It is a must-get. And uh, check out her her podcast slash radio show. It's on 124 different outlets around the country, and you can easily find it. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.